is, right? What do you want to do tonight? Same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try to take over the world. Welcome back, friends, to another episode of The Amber May Show. So glad you are here because joining me today is Joanna Harabeen, and she is the author of the book, Seven Mistakes Book. And so what we're going to be talking about are seven common mistakes women make in relationships, and she is joining me on today's show. So I hope you will like, share, and subscribe. If you believe in what I'm doing, please consider becoming an angel investor. And the easiest way to do that is going to theambermayshow.com and hit the donate button, or you could be a $5 monthly subscriber by going to theambermayshow.locals.com. That really helps support the program, and I'd really appreciate it. I always add more content, so join me on Telegram at The Amber May Show. I'm on True Social Amber May, Frank Social Amber May, Clout Hub, and uh, X, and I'm DJ Amber May there on X, so you can find me on those locations as well. And you know what? If you are looking for a healthy copy to help you lose weight, that will give you mental clarity, but also help with antioxidants, get rid of all those free radicals, the things that um, cause illness in our body, then you're going to want to go to cupahealth.com. And when you go to cupahealth.com and you use promo code Amber at checkout, you're going to save some money. So make sure you check that out. Always check the links below. I have partnered with businesses to help save you money. And you can check out in the links below in the description or going to the website, theambermayshow.com. I have the businesses there with the discount codes as well. Well, without any further ado, I'd love to welcome Joanna to the program. Like I told you, I have Joanna Joanna Harabedian joining us. She's the author of The Seven Mistakes book. I'm so excited to interview you. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Amber. It is such an honor to be on your show today. You're 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 the best. No, you're the best. I, I mean, I just love the things that I heard when you were on my friend's show. Um, you were just recently on the Patriot Review, and I thought the things that you were talking about were fantastic. Now, just a little bit of background of who you are. I know that you won the Ms. America pageant, and I think that you are a, a, a relationship coach. Uh, tell us a little bit more about who Joanna is. Yes, we, I won Ms. America 2019, and I carried the title from 2019 to 21 during the whole uh, pandemic era. And um, I tell people I graduated from the University of Ouch, that hurt. Now what? In the arena of romance results. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I was married. Uh, I married Mr. Wrong the first time, and we'll go cliche just for teaching purposes because it's easier to understand. So mm-hmm. I married Mr. Wrong the first time. And the second day after we were married, I heard the words, I don't love you. And yeah, my whole world fell apart. Uh, I'm like, what? What do you mean? Well, that was the beginning of hell. And I went through a lot in that marriage. And long story short, I uh, ended up divorced and I found myself crying on the floor, you know, in those ugly cry girl moments, Mm -hmm. your puppy face and everything. 
-hmm. And I cried out to God and I said, how did I end up attracting a man who was so broken and Mm -hmm. and marrying him on top of that? And I thought you told me to marry this guy, Lord, Mm -hmm. and clearly I was wrong. And I said, but hold up a mirror to my face and show me how I ended up in this mess. And that, Amber, was the beginning of really a journey of inner transformation for me. And that was the beginning of the process of the seven mistakes book that I just that I just wrote, because as time unfolded, I began to realize that I was making a lot of mistakes as a single person. And as I was reflecting back on my journey married to Mr. Wrong, I realized that one of the things that got me into trouble to picking Mr. Wrong was what I call in chapter one, uh, the Wiffum syndrome. I had the Wiffum syndrome, the what's in it for me syndrome. And so what that means is you have a healthy Wiffum, which is mm-hmm. a healthy boundary, right? Mm-hmm. And the heart is a give, an equal give and take. It's, it's a servant's heart. You're not going to let yourself get stepped on or taken advantage of, but you know, it's a give and take. But I had a selfish mm-hmm. Wiffum and it was all about what he, my Mr. Wrong was going to do for me in this marriage. I love the, the idea of being married, being a Mrs. I could mm-hmm. wave my finger, you know, mm-hmm. with the ring on it. And my mindset was, well, what he's going to do for me, how he's going to help me with my career, how he's going to help me with my ministry was me, 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 me. So my mindset was not how can I serve him and we serve each other, but it was how he's going to serve me. And that's the key right there. That is the key. And a lot of people miss that mistake. And that's a big one. So I'm glad you put that as number one. Because that's huge. We're supposed to be serving each other. There was a movie that came out about 10 years ago. And it was a Christian movie about relationships and about and the thing that and I can't think of the name of the the movie right now. But um, the thing that changed around in that movie was the fact that the husband was now going to serve his wife and do things kindly for his wife. And when he started doing things kindly towards his wife, his wife's heart started turning towards him and he was able to, you know, they were able to save their marriage in that movie. And, uh, so I think, um, Kurt Cameron was in the movie and I can't. Oh yeah. I I think I remember. Mm -hmm. I think I remember that. Mm -hmm. So that was such an important aspect that you hit on because, Truly, so there was a meme going around uh, the world of um, social media not that long ago and about home economics and and what the women's role was about, um, like in the 1950s, about, hey, put your, like, look nice when your husband comes home and, you know, have a nice meal on the table. Make sure the kids aren't scruffy. Don't give them problems when he first walks in the door. And, And people scoff at that. And I'm thinking, that's just showing kindness to your husband. Like if I were to be him and I walked into the door and the first thing my husband did was start giving me problems and he just looked a mess and the the mess was everywhere around the house. Like how would that make me feel coming home? Would it make me feel peaceful or would it make me very agitated? And would that conversation go well? If, if he was bringing me problems as soon as I walked in and everything was just shoveled, I think the conversation wouldn't go as well. Right. Well, and so, right. But the feminist movement will twist that around like, oh, I will never do that to my husband. Why not? You're just showing him you care when you do those things. And then in return, he's going to treat you better. 
Well, you know, that's, that's so true. And, and that's one of the reasons that I made the Wiffum syndrome, the number, it's really the cornerstone of everything. Because if you think about it, you know, put the shoe on the other foot. When your husband comes home, because, you know, how often do women say to their husbands, the minute he walks through the door, why are you late again? And I made dinner and now it's cold. So you're going to eat cold food. Well, mm -hmm. think about it. He's been working very hard all day because all good, all good men inside, they, they want to be your superhero. They want to mm -hmm. be your knight in shining armor. Yes. And, and the minute he walks through the door and you say you're late again with a tone and attitude. What you're just, what you've just done is dishonored him and how hard he's working. He's probably had been, you know, fighting guys, trying to take his position. Mm -hmm. he, maybe he's, you know, whatever his position is, he's had a hard day and he's working long hours to provide for the family. Mm -hmm. And so imagine if the wife responds in a different way. Oh, honey, I'm so happy you're home, you know, and, and now he's got a warm response. And then just like it says in the meme, give him some time to unwind and de, mm -hmm. you know, de-stress. And then, you know, then you can talk about something after dinner and, and what have you. Mm -hmm. Now, sure. She's had a hard day too. Of course, yeah, of course. she's home with the kids, but right? see, that's where as couples like David and I, we have an agreement. And so, you know, if, if, if I can tell he's stressed, I'll ask him, I'll say, you know, are you, you seem stressed about something? Are you stressed right now? He's like, yeah. Okay. Well then that's my cue. I'm not going to bring up any hard conversation. Mm -hmm. I'm going to just, you know, be there for him and, and massage his shoulders. And he does the same for me. So it's like, you know, how's your stress level today? Well, it was at a 70. Okay. So now the other partner, the spouse knows what to do. Now, what if both partners had 100% stress day? Well, then you both share with each other yes. and then you rub each other's back. That's it. That's right. Or give your wife a hug right. or yes. you know, just hug your husband and give him a kiss or whatever. Mm -hmm. But you mm -hmm. see, that's just basic honor and respect. But mm -hmm. what's happened, Amber, is, you know, these last few years with COVID, with the pandemic, there's been so much um, trauma that has been added to mm -hmm. the stress of relationships that were already stressed. We've seen an increase of a 34% increase in divorce over mm -hmm. the last few years. We've had job losses. We've lost friends and family yeah. members. And that was shocking statistics when I came across that. Honest to God, I thought we were going to have another boomer, baby boomer generation because what else were a man and wife going to do? Right. I, you know, I thought they were going to have more babies. I really <laughs> thought that because no right. one was going to work when we were home. So I thought oh. we were going to have more babies and the opposite. We got more divorces and I'm just like, what? How did that happen? We were supposed to have a whole bunch of babies because everyone was home. What else are you doing? Right. You know, it's like, I just... Yeah. So you're like, well, you would think, oh, hey, well, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll come home. We'll have, you know, we're at home. We'll have some fun. But like you said, it's, it's the opposite that has happened. And so, and it's had a terrible effect on the families and on, mm -hmm. on the kids. And so the, I think that's why my book is really a timing is I couldn't have planned it better, you know, and cause it took me five years to birth this book and I made every mistake in this book and I'm very vulnerable in this book. And, you know, one of the things that really was the turning point for me in my own personal journey of inner transformation was having the courage to allow myself to change my mind, given mm -hmm. new information. And it takes courage to look at ourselves, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm -hmm. Now, I could have blamed Mr. Wrong for all the bad things that happened because there were bad things and I did have to get healed from trauma. But I also had to be willing to take a look at myself. What part did I play in the failure of this marriage, regardless mm -hmm. of what he did? Doesn't matter what he did. What did I, what part was my, was mine? 
and being able to take that responsibility. And that's what my book does is I, I help women be able to just take responsibility for their side of the coin. So we have one coin, two sides. One side yeah, is all we meant. can do is what we can do. That's our right. part in it. I can only control me. I can't control him. And you hit on something. And in your book, you call them superhero deactivators. And you talked about just a second ago uh, in the scenario of the man working that he's thinking about his wife and and wanting to please his wife and and provide for her. Now, I have talked. To, I was recently in a conversation with a, a group of people and. One of the men I thought was very brave to say what what I'm about to tell you is like the his I his wife's opinion is like the most important opinion out of everybody to him. And the other thing is he was telling me why a lot of men he he's not one of them, but a lot of friends he has and in his you know where he works at, they've all moved to pornography, not because they desire another woman necessarily. But because their wife always has all these excuses of why she can't sleep with him. And and he said the drive is so high with men and they don't want to cheat on their wives. And they feel like porn's the only other way that they can get around that without cheating on their wives. But really women feel cheated on when they see their husbands doing that. And, and he said, it, it, I don't think it's so much the idea of him watching someone have sex, but the desire men to want to be wanted by their wives. That's what he told me. And he said, so in these films, you see a woman desiring the man. And that's what's so attractive to men. That's what he told me about pornography. And I was like, that's very interesting. So it. You and I as wives, according to that conversation that I had with a group of people, that seems like you and I, what we say and do weighs very heavy. Like we can play a big part in having a healthy or unhealthy relationship. Now, granted, obviously, you know, we have to marry the right man too. Correct. Right. But I would like you to talk about that. What, like, do you mention any of that stuff in your book? Actually, I do. So um, in chapter two, it's called The Beautiful You. And the beautiful you, um, and I have it chapter two for a reason, because that's also another corner uh, foundation stone. You see, when we don't understand as women who we are, our identity, because women overall um, can get very jealous of each other mm -hmm. and very mean and backstabbing. Mm -hmm. But the reason they do that is because they're competing and comparing. And so I say, instead of competing and comparing, let's contrast and complete each other. And so when we operate in those behaviors, oftentimes, you know, there's a root, there's a root for everything. And that's what some of mistakes book helps you do is get to the root. So usually it's unworthiness or there's fear. There's been things in the past, abuse or, or, or neglect or what have you, that is the root underneath that. Mm -hmm. But we have to be able to also um, love ourselves and get to that place or even forgive ourselves. And a very simple practical application to help do this, and this is going to tie back to this, this whole question you asked, is the ability, what is your ability to receive a compliment? Hey, I'm going to get to that thought in just a second, but right now I'm going to take a quick break. So many of us think that sleep is a luxury. Sleep is not a luxury. Sleep is a necessity. It's going to help you restore all your bodily functions, help your body recover, recoup. It's something that we need to function on a daily basis. We need to feel restful. And if you're not feeling restful because you're not getting a proper night's sleep, then I have something just for you. I just absolutely adore Dr. Stella. She comes out with some great supplements. And here's one of the newest ones she came out with, and it's Kobe Sleeps. So if you have trouble going to sleep at night 
and you want a more restful night's sleep, go to drstellamd.com, go to her supplement section, and, and purchase this, and use promo code AMBERMAY, one word, and you'll save some money there. Not only does it help promote a more restful night's sleep, it helps with stress and joint function. So if you have stress, you have joint function, you're also not getting a good restful night's sleep, you need to go to drstellamd.com, get these Kobe Sleep Bites right now, and save money by using promo code AMBERMAY. Hey guys, this is Pastor Greg Locke, and you are listening to The Amber May Show. To celebrate the new year, we're having the biggest sale ever on overstock clearance and brand new products. For example, save 60% on our Goose Down comforters, the best comforters ever. They go perfectly with our MyPillow bed sheets and duvet covers. Save 25% on our brand new kitchen towels. They're made with the same technology as our famous My Towels. Our initial quantities are extremely low, so get them now before they go. Our seasonal flannel sheets are finally in. You save up to 50% and they sell out fast every year, so order now. They're truly the best flannel sheets you'll ever sleep on. Or save up to 80% on all our clearance items. And this is where it gets even better. For a limited time, your entire order ships absolutely free. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use that promo code to get deep discounts on all MyPillow products. And for a limited time, your order ships absolutely free. You are listening to The Amber May Show, and now we return to the show already in progress. This is I, I really a, a foundation stone because I was the queen of not being able to receive a compliment. I mean, I would push them. Oh, no, thank you. No, you are. Oh, no, your dress is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so as I was walking through my journey of inner healing, I, I was praying one day and I got this vision. And in the vision, I'm watching myself and I'm preparing this beautiful bouquet of flowers for my dear friend. And and I put all this thought into the bouquet and, and the fragrances and the colors and everything. So I give her this beautiful bouquet and she looks at it and she scowls and she snatches it out of my hand and she slaps me in the face with this, my bouquet and petals are flying everywhere. And my initial reaction is, I'm shocked at what she's done. I've slapped her in the, she slapped me in the face and then I'm angry and then I'm rejected. Mm -hmm. So God showed me, he said, Joanna, this is what you do and how you make people feel rejected you they are giving you the bouquet of flowers which represents the gift of their compliment so what you're doing is you're slapping them in the face and they feel shocked angry and then rejected and so now you bring this into a marriage and 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 one of the men that i interviewed shared this story how he had gone to victoria's secrets took the time to go there pick out a beautiful some beautiful lingerie for his wife and he brought it home and and everything and it was all packaged pretty and she looks at it and she says What's this? What, oh, what do you want? So with my analogy that I just gave, what has she just messaged her husband? She uh, what, crushed him. She crushed, crushed him. him. Yep. Because so he she, desires her. And right. he has such a strong drive and he desires her. And she rejected him. She rejected him. And, and she's basically way. told him, you may as well go sleep with somebody else who exactly. wants you because I don't. That's the subliminal messaging. Exactly. And exactly. we don't realize we're doing no. that, Amber. We are right. We, we're not intentionally doing mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But see, that also that also boils down to the Whipham syndrome. What's in it for me? You know, and here's another thing. I, I had a, one of the, the Patriot men, guys that I interviewed with, you know, he said, well, how do you handle? You're, you're tired and, and your husband wants to, you know, mm-hmm. uh, sleep with you. 
And I told him, I said, you know, there are times where you just have to set that aside because what if your husband doesn't wake up the next day? Right. Right. So it's Mm -hmm. a whole mindset shift and a whole mindset perspective. And here's the other thing. He wants to pleasure you. If if your husband is healthy and and, and a good person, he wants to naturally pleasure you. Mm -hmm. And so we have to come out of this mindset. Now, sure, there's times where we're going to be exhausted and it's really just physically you're just wiped out. Okay, that's a given. But when that's a constant thing and the Mm -hmm. men are rejected, you're absolutely right. They are driven to pornography through rejection. That is the root. And so as we become more emotionally aware of where we're at, then we can bring that health. You know, I also talk about how um, in the game of chess, you have the queen and you have the king. And the queen in the game of chess rules the board. She can wipe mm-hmm. out any opponent. And, to, and her role is to protect the king, right? Mm-hmm. And so we can be kingmakers as a woman, or we can be a man breaker. Oh, that's now, so good. That right. is so good. I think you're absolutely right because I noticed just in my own relationship when I tell my husband he can conquer the world or he is wonderful or he is this, like then he really does feel like that and he does conquer the world. And yeah. he'll come home and he'll tell me how bad his day was at work, but like it's okay because he's he's the, the mighty one, you know. He's I I I I nickname him Batman. Like like I love it. You're a man, you know, like Batman's just a regular man, but he's a superhero, right? That's right. That's right. So I, my, I tell my husband all the time, well, you're Batman. I love it. I call David (laughs) Superman. My husband's like, you're Superman, honey. (laughs) Well, you know, and then, and then another thing too, you know, and this is a very simple, practical application of learning to come into awareness and then how to validate small things. Right. So um, a classic example is taking out the trash. Mm. Right. So I, I have a friend, she's no longer here and um, she was married for 25 years, but her marriage was miserable because she brought baggage into the marriage from a previous relationship and she refused to deal with it, refused to uh, acknowledge it. And she brought in bitterness and rage and anger. And so her husband had to deal with this for 25 years, constant, nothing he did was right. Everything he did was wrong. She would nitpick, fault find. And of course, mm-hmm. then he would lie. Uh, well, did you do this? No, no, no. Uh, oh, yes, I did. I did. And then she'd find out he didn't. Well, he lied because he didn't want to incur her wrath. So one day she came to me and she said, you know, Joanna, he so-and-so is lying. How do I deal with him? You know, he's this and 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 this. And now he's lying on top of everything else. And I said, well, do you really want my honest opinion here? Yes, I do. I said, are you sure you want the honest answer truth here? And she said, yes, of course. I said, okay. I said, have you ever thought about just thanking him for taking out the trash? Forget that he doesn't put the new trash bag into the trash can. Mm-hmm. Just say, thank you, honey. Wow, that's really great. And she looked at me shocked. And then she she got angry at me. And right. she kind of stopped talking to me after that. But see, here's and, and I do this with, with my husband, David, you know, he'll take out the trash. I don't ask him to take out the trash. He just takes it out. He doesn't put a new trash bag in the trash can. I do. But guess what I say when he puts, he takes out the trash. Oh, you took out the trash. Wow. Thank you, honey. That's sexy. And he's like, Oh, thank you. You know? And, he, and so that's not manipulation. It's no. being affirming and honoring mm-hmm. the superhero in him that he was thoughtful enough to take out the trash. So I'm going to thank him for that. Mm-hmm. And so that it's getting back to basics, getting back to the heart of the matter. Yeah. Cause I notice if you treat your husband like that, 
make him feel like he is the hero because I think that's what God made men to do anyways. God originally made men, if you read in the Bible, to be the protectors, to be the heroes, to go out and fight the wars, um, to protect the wife from invaders coming into the house. I mean, that's their inner nature of how God made them. And so it's our job, I think. I love your analogy of the kingmaker and the tr- and the chessboard. That's the on- that's the woman that protects her husband from everybody else. And I, it's all we're the only ones that can because if we if we say those things, the Bible talks about this in Proverbs thirty one yeah. about the honorable woman and how she praises her husband at the city gates. And that brings honor to him in front of everybody when she is praising her husband in public and people look at him like, wow, you know, the woman who belittles her husband in public destroys him when in the eyesight of other men, especially. And And that's what we don't want to do. We want to be the Proverbs 31 wife, right? Right. Right. We want to be the kingmaker, not the man breaker. And, and, you know, I was at a a seminar, um, couple years back and a few years back and at the seminar it it was it was really shocking to me because the speaker was demeaning her husband but it was subtle put downs it wasn't like like mean but it was subtle but put down is a put down and so he was working behind you know behind the table and selling all her books and her tapes and, and cds and materials and and she didn't say one thing right about you know her husband in front of everybody and then um, I had gone to the back of the table. She was done speaking and uh, there was some little mistake that he had done. I don't know. What, I don't remember what it was, but she in front of everyone at the table in a condemning, condescending tone, rebuked him in front of everybody. Can you imagine, like you said, the most important opinion to a man is his woman. Here she is cutting mm. like a knife with her words and publicly shaming him and demeaning him. Why? Because she thinks she's entitled to that. Well, that's a man breaker. That is that, and that's no queen who does that. And so and the truth that, you know, what? when, when I see a man doing that, which is very rare anymore, because on TV, all the men are stupid. Yes. Um, the woman saves the day. She's, I don't even know why she even bothered marrying him to begin with. Cause he's such an idiot. Right. Um, You know, when we do see a man belittle a woman like that, or it's, it's very uncomfortable for everybody, whether it's a man belittling a woman, which you don't see as much, you see more the opposite, the woman belittling man, it's, I get embarrassed. I'm like, it's a very uncomfortable situation to do that in front of somebody. Oh, I mean, it, it is. Could he, he could have done anything else, but be there with her, helping her in her business. Right. Right. Exactly. He was supporting her and helping her, you know, be able to shine like a star. And what is she doing? She's just, you know, squashing him like a bug. And it's it's sad. So and like I said, you know, we have to be willing to humble ourselves and it takes courage to look at ourselves. I had a a women's conference uh, a while back. It's called Women of Royalty. And at this conference, um, part the first part of the conference is structured towards healing. And then the second part is structured towards teaching these principles. And I had mm-hmm. uh, this woman who attended my conference. And let me tell you, she hate, she couldn't stand her husband. She had utter disdain for him. She'd been married for like 20 plus years and he couldn't stand her. They had a terrible marriage and she had her divorce papers. And they were signed. And the minute she got back from the conference, she was going to hand them to him and kick him out of the house. 
Well, let me tell you, I am so proud of her because at the conference, she had some epiphanies and she decided to give herself permission to change her mind, given new information. And she had courage to look at herself and see the good, bad, and the ugly. So she set aside what her husband did and didn't do to her and all these other things. And she just, and she stopped blaming him. Well, why should I be the first to apologize? He's did this and la, 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 la. So instead what she did, she set that down and she, she looked at herself and she got massively transformed. And uh, she came home from that conference and I got a message back. Oh my gosh, you would just not believe my husband is completely transformed while I was away at this conference. <laughs> well, it wasn't him, it was her. And so she began choosing to respond differently. He was still operating in his behaviors because he was hurt, he was wounded and he was angry, but she chose to respond different. And as she started applying and practicing the principles, they were able to start having some open and honest mm. conversation that led to forgiveness for each other that led to agreeing that they're not going to bring up the things from the past that they have apologized for anymore. They're not going to throw it in. Well, you did this five years, 10 years ago. Well, I apologize for it. Well, I don't care. You did it anyways. They weren't going to do any more of that. And a year and a half later, she let me know that she is more in love with her husband than she was when they got married. Oh, I love so their that. their marriage is completely transformed where they were completely disconnected, disassociated from each other, couldn't stand each other because she just decided I'm going to take courage and just humble myself and I'm going to make different choices in how I choose to respond to things and begin to affirm him and all these things. Their marriage is great now. And it's been a testimony to the whole family because the whole family knew what kind of marriage they had, right? So her children and the grandchildren are now seeing and witnessing what a healthy marriage can look like and be like now. Hey, I'm gonna get to that thought in just a second, but right now I'm gonna take a quick break. Hey friends, I wanna tell you what I recently did. I broke away from the big three. I was tired of the woke mobile and I wanted to go to Christian conservative company that I could trust that support the organizations that I value and that is Patriot Mobile. So when you go to patriotmobile.com slash Amber, you are going to get free activation. It is super easy to get started to switch from the big free to Patriot Mobile. They'll walk you step by step. It is not difficult at all. And I've had tremendous service since I made the switch. So I recommend if you want to vote with your wallet and, and support a company that supports your values, go to patriotmobile.com slash Amber and save on a free activation. So that's patriotmobile.com slash Amber. Now the links are in the description below or on my website at theambermayshow.com slash promo. So check that out. So it's time to vote with our wallet, ditch the woke mobile, and go to a Christian conservative mobile. And that is patriotmobile.com slash Amber. Hey, this is Dr. John Diamond from America Unhinged. You are watching The Amber May Show. In the early 1900s, like 1920s, 30s, you with $20, you used to be able to buy an entire men's suit. You could get the handkerchief, the tie, the vest, the jacket, the pants, the belt, everything. And you could also buy that with a piece of gold. Now, in today's standards, you can't buy much with $20, maybe a tie, maybe that's it. You could not even come close to an entire men's suit with a $20 bill. However, if you still had a piece of gold, you could still buy an entire men's suit with that piece of gold. See, 
Silver and gold have intrinsic value, and it's had intrinsic value since the beginning of time. It's always been a currency around since the existence of man, gold and silver. So why not protect your investments and protect your earning power by owning some gold and silver? And the easiest way to do that is contacting Jim Tewell at epswealthmanagement.com. That's Edward Paul Sam, wealthmanagement.com, epswealthmanagement.com. Give him a call and let him know you'd like them to have some tangible assets in your portfolio. You'd like to have some gold and silver and, and he can help you do that. So if you're ready to protect yourself and protect your investments, then go ahead and give Jim T. Will to call whom you've seen on our program at epswealthmanagement.com. Let him know Amber May sent you. You are listening to the Amber May Show and now we return to the show already in progress. Oh, I love that. Oh, that is so great. I hope you have more stories like that as you continue talking about what you've learned and what God revealed to you about marriage. And, you know, the Bible says when a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing and finds favor from the Lord. So let's be that good thing to the husband. Because the Bible also says it's better to live on a roof or in the desert than to live with a quarrelsome and ill-tempered wife. And that's so true, too. So true. That is one of my (laughs) quotes in in the book. That's so true. Happy wife, happy life, right? So, you know, uh, yeah. So, I mean, but but we, you're right. You know, after after talking to that group of people the other day, listening to you on Jeff's show, it I didn't realize the weight of of what I say, what I do, how I act, and how much my husband desires me. And if I don't feed that desire for him, it hurts him. It feels rejected. And the last thing I would ever want to do is reject my husband or make him feel rejected because I don't reject him. I don't feel good. Right. It has nothing to do with him, but he sees it differently because he has, God put these strong desires in him Mm -hmm. and he brought a wife for these strong desires and he loves his wife so much, but like you said, it's hard to be a, it's hard to be a wife, a wife and a mom. It's hard, especially now that uh, we're, we're working wives on top right. of it. I mean, not that a stay at home wife had it easy by no means did she, cause I've been a stay at home mom yeah. before. It's hard, you know, it's hard. You're, you're, you're taking care of someone all the time. That little child needs you all the time. Right. You and can't even, escape it. You can't. And yeah. even though it's your child and even though they're little and tiny and cute, it's a lot to be a caretaker. I don't care if they're a baby or if they're 90 years old. Being a caretaker yeah. is difficult on the body. It is. So can mm-hmm. we talk about that for a little bit? The dynamic about women and what they go through and, and how hard it is. So maybe if there's a man listening and the woman says, I'm tired. Can you kind of speak to what that really means for the woman that she, you know, can you say Absolutely. You know, and that that goes in a part of learning to have open and honest dialogue and communication and sitting down, you know, like David and I, he knows like when I've I'll, I'll tell him I am I'm exhausted. I am so tired, you know, and so he'll go, OK, and then what he'll do, he'll he'll rub my back mm-hmm. or, you know, so we have that understanding. So I think it, you have to first have open dialogue and, you know, for her to, she can say to him, you know, you, you know, I love you. I'm, you're so sexy. And, and, you know, whatever, she, you know, she says, and it just, 
and there's going to be times where I'm just exhausted. And it's those times when I'm exhausted. Can you just, you know, hold me? Mm. And, and, you know, something like that being, being open like that. So, so that he knows and he understands, okay, I'm exhausted. So there's a difference between being exhausted and you're just literally physically Mm -hmm. exhausted, mentally exhausted, Mm -hmm. then come to an agreement that, that where, when she feels like that, that he he understands, okay, she's feeling like this. So I'm not being rejected sexually. Mm -hmm. And this is how I can make her feel loved. And, and then she's going to respond in kind. You know, so whether it's a hug, so she has to clearly communicate what her needs are and he needs to listen and understand. And so when you have that open dialogue and that clear communication, then he knows what's expected of him. And then she and she lets him know, because otherwise then, you know, he can't read her mind. And one of the biggest Mm -hmm. mistakes that we make is we think the guy can our man can read our mind. And it's yes. like, what? Oh, your mental telepathy skills aren't working today? No. Know. Why don't they ever work? I always right. wanted to read my mind and it's just not functioning and it's not working. Oh, yeah. And I'll catch myself with David and I'll be like, oh, I'm sorry, honey. I didn't realize your men- your your telepathy skills weren't working today. <laughs> Let me clarify what I meant in my head and communicate it. And he'll laugh, you know. And, and so- it's just like when we get mad at our husbands. Well, why are you upset? Well, if you don't know, I'm not telling you. Well, he's asking because he truly really doesn't know. I know exactly. And I was responding. Well, if you don't know, I'm not telling. Doesn't help anything, you know. No, he's not a mind reader. And you know, I one of the examples that I give is um, when David and I, we, when we first met, we weren't attracted to each other. I did not know this was my future husband. I wasn't even looking at him like that because I was in a good place, you know, good mental space. I, I love myself. I knew who I, I was and everything. Right. And so, but um, we, we became friends because I started donating t- um, to his Heart of America prison ministry, which provides Bibles for, for inmates. And so and he didn't realize it was the same woman that he had met a couple of weeks prior. And so, you know, he had called for donor engagement, thank me for my donations and realized, oh, it's Joanna that I met. And so from there, we became friends and we became prayer partners because, you know, he has a ministry. And, and so anyways, um, but there was this time where we were talking on the phone and he said, oh, hang on just a minute. I've got to get this call. I'll be right back. And then he left me on the eternal hold. I'm like, uh, okay. So I got a little irritated and I let it go. So then we're on another call and this happens again and I'm left on the internal hold and I'm like, now I'm getting irritated. Mm -hmm. And so I had two choices on how I could handle this. So I could say to him, you know, you're so, you are so rude. I can't believe you left me on hold all this time again. And, and with a tone, right. Mm -hmm. Which is accusing him of uh, being rude or I could have handled it, which is the way I handled it. I said, uh, when we had our next conversation, we were both in a good place and I said, you know, um, can I ask you a question, David? He's like, sure. I said, um, I know that you would never intentionally dishonor mm-hmm. or disrespect my time. He's like, oh, no, I wouldn't. And I said, you know, can you just do me a favor? He said, sure. I said, next time we're on the phone and you have to get off the call, just just tell me you're going to call me back. You know, that way I'm not left on, on eternal hold and my I don't feel like my time is disrespected. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I thought you knew that, you know, I had to get off the call. He's like, but I will. I will do that. And he did from that point forward. Now, little keys unlock big doors and big mm-hmm. doors swing on small hinges. Mm-hmm. So on from his perspective as a healthy emotion, you know, good, healthy, emotional IQ man, if I had said, well, you are so rude. You left me on hold. I can't believe you did that. He would have looked at me and gone, well, she's got some emotional problems. Mm-hmm. You know, she's accusing me and she's got this tone. I, I would never do that. 
right? Mm-hmm. So I, that, that response is assuming the, the, the worst, but instead I, you know, I did the way I did now uh, by the other side of the token, if he had not responded to my request and continued to disrespect and honor my time, then that would have been my red flag. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because little keys unlock big doors and big doors swing on small hinges. So if he was doing that before we're married, I guarantee you it's not going to get any better after you're married. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think women realize that. So for those who are watching who are single, those are little things to look for in, mm-hmm. and watch for in ourselves, how we respond to what seems or appears to be a negative situation. Instead of assuming and accusing, we inquisitively ask. There's a big difference there. And that's a, that's a big thing I talk about in the book as well. That's a huge thing to talk about in the book. And I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, at the end of the day, do we want to look like we're good people that we're honorable people that we're kind people, or do we want to look like we're mean and nasty? Um, I think I want to look like I'm a good person. I'm a kind person. I'm a thoughtful person, not mean and nasty. So what comes out of my mouth? I don't care if it's to my husband or my friend. If I'm not going to say it to a stranger, should I even bother saying it to my husband? Right. I, and and he's supposed to be like my my life partner. If I couldn't say it to somebody else, should I should I abuse him in that way? I mean, no. And no. vice versa. I mean, if right. if we were dating and he did what that that lady did, but in reverse, and he was doing it to me, I'd be like, oh, we don't need to be together anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. No. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's these little keys like this. And so, you know, and then you translate it into marriage, you know, Mm -hmm. how are you, are you assuming your husband's doing these things on purpose? See, that's a big trap. The enemy gets us trapped in. We make the assumption. We come into agreement with the thought, he's doing that on purpose. Mm -hmm. And then we're like, yeah, he's doing this on purpose. We come into agreement with it. So we really also have to watch our thoughts and guard our thoughts. Like the Bible says, you know, we have to take every thought captive. Mm -hmm. And so instead of assuming the worst, we assume the best and and then ask instead of accuse. Mm -hmm. That's true. Because you know what, especially when it comes to the intimacy world, Uh, you know, going back to having like low self-esteem from like past trauma, maybe. And sometimes the past trauma goes as far back as high school and junior high. Oh, sure. Mm -hmm. Especially with the females. I don't know what it's like to be a male in that, in that timeframe, but man, the girls are vindictive and they're mean and they're cruel. And I remember having a lot of self-esteem issues um, just because of the, the girls that I was going to school with. And so as as a side note, as a sidebar, if our kids are being treated really poorly at school by people that are their peers, let's not just brush that off because those have lasting effects on us even into adulthood, I think. Um, So we can suffer from low self-esteem. So going back to the intimacy thing, if, and and, and, in the group, which I thought was very fascinating in the group when I was talking, uh, it just kind of came up in conversation. And, um, they said, you know what, the, the way the men were acting, it was like the women doesn't have a have to have the smoking hot body to desire the woman. They just desire, they just want to be desired by their woman. And I was just like, oh, that's interesting. Cause you know, oftentimes, you know, we are so concerned about our outward appearance, you know, um, if we're not as fit as we once were, or, you know, and like, 
you know, at least for me, I want to look the, my best for my husband. And I don't want him to ever think, oh, like, oh, she put on like five pounds. You know what I mean? So right. like that self-consciousness is me feeling those images, but it may not have anything to do with him. And right. so I think those those traumas that we need to deal with, whether it's from our past being in high school or like taking every every that captive, is it me putting those ideas into my brain? that is translating into a failing relationship or, and, and where you said small little keys on, on small hinges and all that stuff. I think that's brilliant because when you got, when I was hearing how men think about women, just because she's not a, a body size 10 doesn't mean he stopped desiring her. I was like, Whoa, that's it's so true. It's huge. Yeah. I, I have a friend who, she went through some health, she married her high school sweetheart. And then she went, she had um, memories come up during the marriage of being um, molested. And she ballooned to like over 300 pounds. And, mm. and she was, she was about five, five, three. So that's, that's really big for a little person like that. And he didn't care. She hated herself and she struggled with it, but he didn't care because he loved her. And see, this is what, what's happening in the media is this predictive programming. Oh, that you have to have your breasts done. Mm -hmm. You have to have a butt reshape. Mm -hmm. You have to have all this stuff done on your face, right? Because then you're going right. to attract the man. Well, no, you're, you're going to attract the man by your inner beauty on the inside. That is what's going to radiate. And um, I learned, Amber, that our hearts emit an, an electromagnetic field that spans out six feet. Did you know that? Mm -mm. Yeah, I didn't either. I learned that. I was doing some research. And so what is in our heart actually is emanating six feet out from us. Now people can't see it, but they can feel it. So it's what wow. is the frequency that you are emanating, especially in your marriage. And I know a lot of times, you know, a woman will reject her husband sexually because she feels self-conscious about her yes. body. Yes, I know that that's to be why she doesn't. Right. Uh -huh. And that's a big thing. But But here's the thing. For her own sake, she has to be willing to look at herself and open up that owie and mm. allow some healing to come in and learn how to honor her body and honor herself mm. and release that shame, guilt, and condemnation for something that wasn't her fault. Mm. And so see, so that's a layer of healing, but, but you translate that for the man's perspective. He then thinks he's getting rejected because she's not communicating why she's feeling that way. So if that is a struggle for her, and I think it's important in a healthy, loving relationship to say, honey, you know, I so desire you. You're so sexy. This is, I'm struggling. This has come up for me. I, how I feel about myself, you know? And so mm -hmm. being able to have that kind of honest conversation is, is really vital, but first we have to be, we have to be able to be honest with ourselves and mm -hmm. really, and acknowledge that. I think that's the key to it at all is being looking inward and, and it's, it, it takes bravery. I think if anyone like goes to any kind of therapy, you're a brave person because you're willing to get to the places that hurt and start working on the hurt. And right. that's not a fun place to be when you are trying to work on yourself and you have to get to that place of hurt. And I know you mentioned that, that that's what you had to go through. And I, I think you're very brave to do that. And look, and, and look at what your bravery is leading to. It's leading to couples, men and women, understanding each other a little bit better. 
that, you know, what we say and do to our husbands really affects them and, and to their core. We could be the kingmakers, like you said. Um, and also for the men to understand that just because we may not want to go to bed with them that night doesn't mean that we're rejecting them in any kind of form. It just, you know, there's a lot on our plate as females. And I don't know that men truly understand that. Right. And, and maybe we're not communicating that. But, I mean, there's a lot on our plate. And now, especially, like I said before, that women are in the workforce. Before, it, it was a little bit different. But especially now. Right. I mean, we're going through the same things. We have sometimes crappy coworkers. Yeah. We got we missed out on a promotion. Maybe our boss is really difficult to work with. Maybe we have really stressful deadlines. Plus, then we have the kids. Plus, we have house responsibilities. And then all the other crap that comes along with being an adult. And sometimes we go through seasons of, wow, I can't believe all this stuff is hitting at once. But that doesn't stop the husband's desire. <laughs> right, right. So uh, it's coming to that place of un mutual understanding is really. And and I think the key is because women have an incredible amount of responsibility now. Yes. And that's why it's really important to be able to communicate that in a way so that our husband can our husbands can understand and, and we can in both parties can have their needs met. Yeah. And so. What's I was going to say, what's another um, key that you, you usually talk about that people don't think about as being that key to the door? Yeah. So another one of those little keys that unlocks big doors is um, in chapter uh, seven. Uh, it's really funny. One of my editors who was editing my book, she uh, was reading my material and she's like, wow, this is really transformational. Joanna. This is really great. She said, except for chapter seven. I said, well, why? What's wrong with chapter seven? She says, I am the director. Because chapter seven is called the director, aka the backseat driver, also known as the backseat driver. And I said, and, and she was like totally chagrined, you know, oh my God, I, I'm doing this. And so, what that chapter is about, and again, this is to create awareness. So, this is not about condemning, you're doing this wrong. No, it's about creating awareness within ourselves so that we can become a better version of ourselves. Mm right? That's what it's all about. I became mm -hmm. a better version of myself. And so one of the things that we can do as women is we can, because, you know, we know how to multitask. We're like the queens of multitasking, you know, we're on the phone with, with our best friend while the kids are crying, we're cooking dinner, the dog's throwing up on the, on the floor, you know, and we're doing it all. And, and so we're good directors that way. However, when it comes to directing our husband's, then that's a little bit different story. And so sometimes we can it come off as, as bossy and dictating or even competing and always having to be right. I was uh, on this uh, plane. We were, I was traveling and uh, there was this couple that was sitting next to me and they were an older couple and, uh, and they were like going back and forth. And you could tell they were both very strong personalities, type A, both of them. Very, you could tell they were very successful. And, um, and she was always one upping everything that her husband was doing saying or saying and um and then she was also kind of bossing him and dictating to him how he should do something and so he would banter back with her but what was what i could tell was happening is that there was they had a lot of stress you, they were married you could tell they've been married for a long time because they were older but this this creates stress and strain in a marriage when we always have or in a relationship when we have to constantly be right 
Mm-hmm. Or, we, or he has to do it my way. He has to put the dishes in the dishwasher my way. No, don't do it this way. Do it this way. It's my way. That's a little practical mm-hmm. example of being the director. Because instead of, again, thanking him, oh, thanks for putting the dishes in the dishwasher, honey, or thanks for washing the dishes, even though you don't like the way he washed them, but acknowledge and affirm and be thankful while wow, he washed the dishes for you. I don't you know. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for washing the dishes. Yes. Right. Exactly. And if you don't like the way he washed the dishes, wait till he goes to bed and then just yeah. rewash it. That's it's very yeah. simple, you know, simple. but that's another example. And, and I try to use really practical examples. I have some extreme and, and some very simple, practical examples um, to help create that awareness of what we're doing. And that's why my editor said, oh my gosh, you know, I'm finding myself doing these things. I am chapter seven. And now what's happened, you know, is she'll catch herself as she goes through the seven core principles, which she went through it. She now catches herself in these little areas and then immediately corrects because she sees how what she initially said affected her husband. Now she's aware of how it, her words are actually impacting him. And she basically said mm-hmm. what you did. She said, you know, I didn't realize Mm-hmm. how important my, my opinion is to him. I mean, mm-hmm. I am to him, my, you know, and that what I say and how I think is, you know, just a little joke. And I flippantly say something that's a subtle put down. I'm, I, I realize now I see the look on his face. I can recognize mm-hmm. it, that he's actually hurt. Mm-hmm. And she said, Joanna, you know, it's, and she has a good marriage already, you know, but you see, it's just these little things and she's little becoming things. a better version of herself and that's enhancing the marriage. Because yeah. we're the queens, right? We're the queens on the chessboard. Mm-hmm. And we have that influence in that mm-hmm. relationship in our relationships. And, oh yeah. yeah. And uh, I mean, if if no one likes someone who's always right all the time. I mean, right. if my husband was that person, I would go nuts. Like you right. Can't be right all the time. Like I can be right too sometimes. Like nobody <laughs> likes that person and nobody likes the one upper. Nobody no, and- likes the one upper. And I used to be the one upper. I, when I was growing up, I was a tomboy. I loved racing the boys and I would beat them on my bike and, and I would get into fights with them. But then another bigger boy who was my friend would have to come and rescue me because the other boy was going to beat me up. <laughs> so, but I kind of carried that over. And finally, one day, a friend of mine, you know, some of the men that the men that I've met on my journey when I was single, have really been some of my best instructors, really my coaches, because and they don't even know it. So thank you, all of you. Well, of course, you know, they're not watching. But, you know, so one of my friends said to me, he's like, do you always have to be right about everything? Mm-hmm. And he and I'm like, well, I'm not. And then I realized, oh, my God, he's right. Wow. And it, I had a major epiphany. But I was, I was, I, like you said, I had courage to humble myself and receive what he said instead of reject it as, oh no, what you're saying is wrong, right? That's part of that attitude mm-hmm. of being the director. Mm-hmm. But when he said that, it hit me. He's, I said, you know what? I'm so sorry. You were absolutely right. I apologize. I'm going to really work on that. And I did. I started working on that. And it's good that you did uh, because the grass isn't always greener. So if you never worked on you as a person, What's to say that if the, if you decided to divorce your husband, that you were going to find a better man than who you have right now, you probably, you probably will be in the same situation, doing the yeah. same things, getting the same results because though the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. 
So if you've gone all these years with uh, like a really unhappy marriage, like you talked about with that lady that came to your seminar and then all of a sudden, boom, her, her world changed and she fell in love with her husband again. Had she divorced her husband, who's to say that the next marriage wouldn't have ended the same way, just as miserable? Because if what she is contributing to the relationship isn't changing, then nothing changes, right? Right. And that's exactly right. And that's like my friend I talked about earlier in the show, the one that, you know, she's now passed away, but she dragged all of her attitudes and everything from her previous marriage into the new one. It didn't change. She had another miserable marriage. And I knew that if I didn't look at myself, I would end up in that same wash, rinse, repeat cycle. Mm -hmm. And I would have ended up different face, different place, mm -hmm. same scenario. And I would have been blaming the other person of course. for everything they did. Yes. And there's nothing wrong with me. Right. See, and, and that is that whiff them, what's in it for me syndrome. And that's what our media is promoting, you know, this, this, that's you know, masculinating 100%. men. No, exactly. I'm sorry. I'm an amener. So I don't yeah. mean to like, I love it. Oh, I'm, no, no. Like, I'm like cheering. Like, if I was in your seminars, I'm sitting on the front row. I'm like, oh, yeah, preach it. Like, yes. You know, like, that's me. I'm like, I know. I love it. I love it. I'm, the same I'm way. that I'm person. So, how do people uh, find you? Is it from this website, sevenmistakesbook.com? Is that how they find you? Yep, that's how they find me, sevenmistakesbook.com. And they can just order the book right there. And it's all, I'm also on Amazon. I have the book in audio. I have it in Kindle. And I have it in softback. And I'm also oh, working on a workbook that's going to be, I just finished the workbook because I've, I've been getting a lot of requests to have a deeper, deeper dive. And so I've created the workbook that's a companion tool that's going to go with the book. And so a lot of women are getting the feedback there that they want to do this with their girlfriends and their sisters and start these study groups and, and book clubs and, and do the book together also in addition to doing it themselves. So I, I'm really excited. I'm really getting, I'm so happy that people are getting touched and their lives are changing. I had a, a review, um, that said that she uh, she read chapters got through chapter one and learned some skills in chapter one and she had her first great date with a nice guy in a long time and Aww. she's been single a long time divorced single woman and she was so excited and she can't wait to to read the rest of the book so I told her, I said you have to make sure you let me know I want to hear all these awesome stories. Oh, I love that so much. Well, you know what, Joanna, it's a pleasure, an absolute pleasure to have you on. I'm so grateful that you wrote this book. And thank you so much for coming on my show today. Thank you, Amber. It's been an absolute pleasure and you are a delight. So thank you for having me. Take care. Thank you for joining us today on the Amber May Show. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please make sure you like, share, and subscribe. And if there's someone that came to mind, please share this episode with them. Please follow us on Telegram at the Amber May Show, True Social, Amber May, Frank Socially, Amber May, or Clout Hub. I can't wait to see you next time on the Amber May Show. EBSRA LLC is a registered investment advisor. The information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investment, or investment strategies. Investment involve risk and unless otherwise stated or not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategies discussed.